It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. You know, I read about a pastor who was pretty well-known years ago in the state of Texas, and his name was J. Frank Norris. Now, J. Frank Norris was well-known. He was extravagant. He actually pastored two churches at the same time. Well, the story goes that one day he went and picked up a guest preacher who was coming into town, and they grabbed his suitcase at the train station, and they began walking down the street. And then all of a sudden, uh, someone came up to him and started really laying into him heavy and cussing him out and, man, just saying everything in the book you could think of bad about him. Well, when this person walked away, Frank Norris turned to the guy with him and he said, you know, that's strange. I don't ever remember doing anything to help him out. In other words, his thought was, it's the people you do the most for that typically turn against you the hardest. Paul is about to learn this lesson, if he hadn't already learned it in his life in ministry, in Acts chapter number 21. Well, in Acts chapter 21, Paul had left the Ephesian elders that he had met with in Acts chapter 20 that we read about, and he got on board a ship and he was sailing back to Phoenicia, which would be north of Israel. The ship landed there, they unloaded their cargo, and Paul on foot made his way through a few different gatherings down to the city of Jerusalem. And when he got to Jerusalem, he was greeted there by James and the other elders at the church in Jerusalem. And in verse 17, it says, And when we came to Jerusalem, the brothers received us gladly. And the day following, Paul went in with us to James and to the elders that were present. And when we had greeted them, he declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry. So basically, Paul's giving a missionary uh, report to them about all that God had done on his third journey. And it says in verse 20, And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe, and they are all zealous of the law. And they are informed of you that you teach all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. What is it, therefore, the multitude will know that you have come for they will the the multitude will come together for they will hear that you have come so basically paul returns to jerusalem he reports about the great work that had taken place during his missionary journeys among the gentiles james and the other elders of the church of jerusalem were excited about it they glorified god for it and uh but then they also began to give paul a warning They said, Paul, here in Jerusalem, there are thousands of Jews that have come to Christ. They have come to faith in Christ. They believe that Jesus is the Messiah, but they're still following the laws of Moses. They're still zealous about those laws. Well, you say, well, why is that? Well, this is very early in the church. They had not yet come to understand the full teachings of grace that God had given through Paul. So what they heard, they heard that Paul was teaching among the churches he would start that the Jews should forsake the law, they should no longer respect it, they should no longer see circumcision as necessary. 
Now, this is not untrue, but it's kind of out of context. The truth is that Paul was teaching the place of the law, the importance of the law, but then also showing them how Christ came to fulfill the law. And we no longer circumcise our children, but when people come to faith in Jesus Christ, we baptize them as that outward evidence of that inward change. But the way the report was given to them, it's like Paul's trashing their heritage. He's trashing their law. And uh, they were warning him about this. And they were telling him, these people are very upset with you. And if they hear that you've come here, they're going to hear that you've come here. Basically, they're saying to Paul, you may not be safe. This could be a bad situation for you. And uh, man, they perceived that Paul was a threat to their traditions and that he was a threat to their way of life. Now, this struck me as I was reading this. This same group of believers in Jerusalem just four or five years earlier had faced great persecution. They had faced great famine and hardship. And when Paul heard about it, he had rallied the churches he had started throughout Turkey, uh, which was Asia Minor at the time, and uh, throughout Greece to receive a collection or an offering to help the poor Christian Jews back in Jerusalem. Man, the churches, in response to Paul's heart and love for the Jews, responded. A great offering was received. You can read about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and chapter 9. And so Paul's love for these Jews uh, and the evidence of his character had been fully experienced by them just a few years ago. And yet, so soon after, man, they begin to think the worst of Paul. They forget about the good he had done. They forget about his true love for the Jewish people. And in response to some rumors, without any verification by Paul, man, they turn against him. They turn on him. This happens later in Paul's ministry in a place where he writes, he says, all of Asia has forsaken me. So soon after the good they receive from the hands of Paul, they think the worst of him assuming evil and not even giving him a real opportunity to explain. You know, I thought this is kind of a J. Frank Norris moment that he talked about when the guy accosted him and he said, hey, I don't ever remember doing anything good for him. Paul experiences that oftentimes in life, our good is not always repaid with good. Many times it's repaid with evil. How soon uh, people forget the good and they assume the worse. You know, just when you think a deposit of credibility has been built up by you in someone's life, man, someone will treat you as if there's no credibility and that anything that had been there just doesn't even exist. Man, maybe you've done good to someone. You've done it with a true heart. Man, you've done it with, you know, a motive that was of love, and yet it's all forgotten. It's all for naught, it seems like. Well, What's Paul's response to this? His, his response is much like Jesus' response. Paul kept loving. Paul kept serving. He just kept living for Jesus. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 15, in response to people who kind of did this to him, he said, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, even though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. What did Paul say? I'm just going to live like Jesus. I'm going to respond to you with the grace that Jesus responded to me. 
You see, that's really our only recourse as believers. So the word for today is this. Don't base the good you will do on the response of the people around you. Do good even in the face of misunderstanding because that's what Jesus would do. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.